here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. everybody to wrestling omakaze episode number 38 and this week on omakaze i am joined by a brand new guest uh mr jamie o'doherty um i'm probably pronouncing that wrong <laughs> i'm sorry better than i am <laughs> um of course jamie is the the webmaster the proprietor the uh owner i don't know of dramatic ddt the the english language not not as in the i mean like as in emphasizing the the english language ddt resource um how are you doing today jamie uh doing well i'm calling from you here from the new winter wonderland that is dublin ireland this is our <laughs> second uh, s- snowstorm in the month we've had which i think now legally qualifies us to get a bobsleigh team 
Yeah. And like, of course, it's also, this is hilarious how I've worked out. Um, you know, I just, I figured we could do this DDT judgment preview the weekend before the show, but it ended up with me calling an actual Irishman here on the weekend where all of America pretends to be Irish. <laughs> uh, well, we got a bunch of them over here as well, and uh, we handled them well, I think. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I am actually, um, and I, you know, part Irish American. The, the, the last name Carol probably gives <laughs> that away, but um, the the non the the, the 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 like the the number of actually Irish American people out for St. Patrick's Day versus the number of people who probably you know don't have any Irish blood in them at all is the ratio is pretty high. So I was just coming. Um, I, I think the worst was a person I met in uh, it was somewhere in New York claiming to be one sixteenth Irish, and it was like <laughs> one sixteenth German, one sixteenth Cherokee, one sixteenth Alaskan, <laughs> so on and so forth. Yeah, it's something. Um, but yes, yeah, so I, I came back. I was actually coming back through Manhattan last night, and you know, just from from New Jersey, visiting friends there, and like I didn't think this plan through because it was just like, even by like eleven o'clock, Penn Station was just filled with nothing but white people wearing green who look like they're about to throw up everywhere. So it's what that's what St. Patrick's Day means to Americans, apparently, just drinking. Well, it's the same here, but we do it out in the open. <laughs> um, but yeah, so of course, here on St. Patrick's Weekend, we've got the Irish Connection here. We have Jamie on here to talk about the Japanese pro wrestling, the specifically the Dramatic Dream Team. Now, Jamie, since you're a new guest, I always like to start with new guests and be like, first of all, how'd you get into wrestling in general? And second of all, how'd you get into specifically today's topic, DDT? And I, you've been doing this blog, what, like, oh, God, it has to be like at least eight years, right? Since 2010. So that was the second time they ran Sumo Hall. Wow, I was exactly right. See, I, I, I was a lurker for a long time on the F4W boards, and I, and I, you were on there, right? I remember seeing you. Around that... 2009 up until just recently, I just left my uh, subscription last uh, lapse a few weeks ago. I remember seeing you like with the with the banner, basically. Mm-hmm. I think you had like the what it was like the guys in the woods or something. Yeah, uh, Bushi and Kenny on the swings yeah. during one yeah. of the campsite matches. So, so I definitely remembered seeing you around there for a long time. So that's pretty much how I knew you were doing it all this time. But, um, but yeah. So go ahead, give me your give me your personal wrestling fan history and your DDT fan history. Well, with wrestling, I've been a fan for as long as I can remember. I assume it was either Hulk Hogan or Ultimate Warrior. Just seeing them on TV one day and just being fascinated by everything. Um, I've been kind of heavy WWF fan until I think it was around 2004, 2005. That was when I started to discover there was more wrestling outside of the major mainstream wrestling sites. And it was true that I discovered like TNA and Ring of Honor and Chikara. And it was true damn that I was able to discover the Japanese promotions. Uh, DDT, I discovered true Chikara from their Tag World Grand Prix tournaments. Uh, one year they had Mikami, uh, Kudo, Yoshiaki Yago and Miyawaki entered the tournament and they yeah. were kind of like the standout performers from that weekend. I definitely remember that too because there was a lot of guys. Like the first time I saw a ton of the DT roster members was through Chikara back then. That was the same for me. Yeah, and it was just uh, through searching for more information about DDT, I started hearing about the wacky stuff that went on, namely like the ladder winning a championship and getting its own retirement ceremony. Um, Dan Shokudino and his uh, 
antics. Flamboyant uh, personality <laughs> and more about that. And it got to the point where around 2008, I was consistently finding footage about DDT, but there was no real place talking about it. There was a dramatic, I don't know, what, what was the name site? Uh, dramatic Fantasia was the fan site. It was part of the Pro Resu fan uh, blog family. But when that kind of shut down, there was nowhere else. And I kind of took it upon myself to start this blog and try and explain what's going on. Now, you actually can... Can you read or speak Japanese? I feel like you can, right? No, I can't. Oh, really? I have, I have Speedball to blame for this because he recently outed how I do this stuff, which is use Google Translate. Okay. So I, th- I could have sworn... I could have sworn you had some little bit of knowledge, but maybe I just completely misremembering. A, a few years ago, I, I tried to get into it, like got through a few lessons, but it just like, could not stick with me. It's really tough. I mean, I've been, it, I, it absolutely I, is. I ain't out here judging anybody else for not being able to speak Japanese. I've been trying for like a year, and my level is probably pathetic for that amount of effort. But um, yeah, but the way I to do this is kind of savviness just from from being a wrestling fan for so long so kind of understanding like when they say tournaments they mean show um and certain move sets like uh, some word they have for a cradle is usually what they mean for a small package or a schoolboy is like a horizontal bridging pin when you translate it so yeah, it's just kind of uh learning tit for tats and figuring it out like a jigsaw puzzle in a way that's how i've been able to get through with this gotcha mm-hmm. but I mean, I should have known because I I was in Japan with you, and I don't recall you speaking Japanese. And I think about it, but um, who who was the person on the trip that it was like really me and Joey were the two people that were yeah, well, it helped. Like we knew like uh, JoJo and Jay, they helped us around at some point. Yeah, but that was a great trip, and I that was um I I should clarify what I'm saying. Like my first trip, which was uh, spring of 2016 is when I met Jamie and Jamie was on the same Allen for Al Japan trip where he went to the, what ended up being the, the last invasion attack before they changed the name. Interestingly enough, this was like right before I got, basically I went on this trip to Japan. Um, you went to this show in Saitama, this DDT show. I did not go to that. I think I went to Kyoto that day instead. And I really wasn't that into DDT at the time. Like I'd watched them over the years, but like not, super into it and pretty much right when i got back from that trip is when i started getting super into det to the point where like they were my favorite wrestling promotion probably the past two years i would say so now, now was, was that true the main shows or was it the dna shows because i remember it, recommending that sub brand to people at the time it was both really like dna i, I think i started with ddt you know the, the first match that really 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 caught my eye was from um it was like early 2016. It was a zombie Kotaka defending the KOD title against, I think, Masa Takahashi. Oh, yeah, that was the January third. Yeah, and that yeah. was a that was match was just so awesome and like so unlike you know in a lot of ways what anyone else was doing. And you know, it's not like I don't think that's typical of the DET style either. It just depends on. I mean, there in a way there is no DET style, right? Other than comedy, like the the wrestlers have such a wide variety. Like you have guys who are like technical masters you have guys who are strikers you have guys who are super great flyers um it does try to be a bit of everything although recently it's kind of uh found a start with a takashida of just being the for lack of a better word strong style i'm I'm saying this while bending my fingers but uh yeah like suplexes lariats uh, knee strikes a lot of power and toughing out 
Yeah, Sasaki is. I mean, not Sasaki. Takashita okay. is very is very. Takashita is a very traditional Japanese worker in a lot of ways. So that that's kind of become the style of the main events. But you still have Sasaki doing like these, like freaking ECW throwback matches all last year that were awesome. Mm-hmm. So even if you're not into Takashita and what he's doing, which I you know I am, but I know other people aren't, then you still have Sasaki on like you know these semi mains or you know in a lot of cards. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just kind of, but that was the match though, that Izami Kodaka and Masa Takahashi match that when I saw that month, month, months and months later, I was like, okay, I really want to watch this now. And like, just really got deep, deep into it. And it just became my favorite promotion to the point where like, you know, the G1 was great last going last, the G1 last year, but like P- Peter Pan was really my highlight. And I've been looking forward to that show for so, you know, for months and months before I went to it. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm hopeful the way it worked out this year with Judgment and Sakura Genesis on back-to-back weekends that it's like that again next year because that's basically my plan is to see Judgment and Sakura Genesis if I can. Yeah, the DDT calendar is pretty much running sumo hall or venues of similar size twice a year, once in once around March or April and the other. Normally August, uh, this year it's pushed back to October because of the renovations happening to the building. Right, and the thing I'm I'm really hoping is that they then don't push back next like the March 2019 one, because like if they do, that'd be really crappy for me personally. But um, hopefully they they still keep that one in March. You know what I'm trying to say, right? Yeah, like to space yeah. it out more. But yeah, well, I, I mean they, they stick it to March because that's their anniversary. I think the first show. Oh, okay, yeah, that's true. Twenty years yeah. ago, well, this the the one coming up now. Judgment 2018 is officially the 21st anniversary show for DDT. Okay, so maybe they'll keep it then. So that's good. That's that's a good thing to remember. But yeah, um, you know, I, I'm I'm so into DDT at this point that I'm actually running a an anime comp panel just on DDT in a couple of weeks. So that'll be really fun and interesting. But cool. I really think DDT is like I think DDT has like a, and I, I think if they were smart and they had the and they had like the time and the money to do it, they really should try to market this like specifically toward like American otaku. I think that's a very untapped market in a lot of ways for Japanese wrestling. And I think a lot of, a lot of different ways they would appeal to that market, maybe more than like a lot of other pure, pure wrestling companies if they tried it. Maybe your old, old, their priority right now is to kind of be a content feeder for the Beamer TV service in Japan. So they'll be strictly sticking inside that company. They're going to bring in more international talent. Um, like for example, where uh, Priscilla Kelly is going to be showing up on Tokyo Joshi Pro in the next month, and uh, Ethan Page has just been doing a tour here. Yeah, Ethan. How, how? What do you think, Ethan Page, so far? He, he's been fine. Like he, he's not playing like the heel character he usually does on the indies. So he's just doing straightforward wrestling matches. He had a match today against uh, Naomi Yoshimura, who was kind of one of my favorite trainees going around. But and it's a power versus power match, so I want to see how that turned out. Yeah, because the in the only thing I've seen him in so far is in the Aja Khan Battle Royal on the Saki show, and he just he was doing a very like I'm not gonna move for anything you do kind of gimmick, which I guess makes sense, but in DDT context, it's just like you're saying, it's very different from what I've heard of him in the past. So yeah, now a better example would be um, let me just get the date up for this. He was he replaced Takashida in a six man tag match earlier this month because of an injury. So uh, it was uh, himself, Shunma Katsumata, and Akito against uh, Daisuke Sasaki, Shuji Ishikawa, and Mad Party. It took place on the 4th of March, the uh, Shiz- Shizuoka show, if I pronounced that right. Yeah. 
um, that, that was just him like being straightforward babyface heavyweights wrestler in that match. So that'd be cool. I'll have to definitely check that out. It's not what people were probably expecting from him when he came over, but maybe, maybe well, it's this, just... this was like a last minute decision because he was he was replacing an injured wrestler for that match. Right, but I mean, like I, I just mean like in general, that's going to be his thing, where like he is like the big because that's what he did in the Aja Khan match too. He was like this big power guy that could that nobody could move, mm. and like if that's going to be maybe he just wants to try something different, you know. And a lot of guys I've I've noticed like American indie dudes, like or American. You know, like like a Juice Robinson is a great example. Just you come over to Japan, you don't maybe net, almost feels like a totally fresh start, and you could just totally work a, di- a completely different style than what you've been doing on the American Indies. Yeah, absolutely. So, so maybe that's just what um, when Juice skates, of course, it was NXT, not the Indies. But yeah, I mean, I, I think I think that's what happens to a lot of guys now. They come over here and they wanna, or they come over there and they just wanna reinvent themselves. Either that or they just swear a lot. <laughs> or they just swear a lot. It's true. Like that's. I mean, <laughs> this must be so freeing when you go from like, because you know, okay, you're in a, you're in fake fights. What's the first thing you're going to think of when you're in a fight? It's probably you're going to swear. So they have to censor themselves all this time from not swearing at American wrestling. So it must just be like the most liberating thing in the world when you get over there and you're like, well, finally I can just say fuck, like I would if I was in a fight. <laughs> so, but yeah, some of them do go overboard. That one year. When Luke Gallows came down the ramp with Carl Anderson at the Tokyo Dome, and I think said like maybe a hundred f words in like a two minute span, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's something. All right, so the topic we're here to discuss was two topics, but we're going to start off with the the upcoming one of DT's two big shows of the year, Judgment Twenty Eighteen, the twenty first anniversary show from Tokyo Sumo Hall. Um, do you have any overall feelings on this card so far, Jamie? Like, is it is it? Are you really excited a week out here? Or do you feel not as excited as you're expecting to? Anything like that? The last couple of weeks, uh, they've done a good job uh, setting up the matches because for the last few months, uh, they've been doing the tournament to set up who would take on the champion. So there was no real underlying storyline going around. But uh, over the last few weeks, uh, but. The main event, the uh, Muta tag match, and the Fox Count Anywhere match has had a lot of really good storytelling, I feel, behind us. Yeah. So in, in its own weird and wacky way. And yeah. are, even the six man tag titles match, which is uh, weird in that position because that's normally the hot potato championship. They normally don't do anything with that. But uh, they have quite a good storyline going on with the rookies challenging the veterans. Yeah. And then Sutin Doji's had it for a pretty long time for that belt, right? I mean, like. Um, they're more or less the de facto champions. They either have the belt a lot, or they win it a lot. Yeah, but I'm saying like this last reign has been a lot. It hasn't been like when the hell did they win it? Oh, they only won it in December 10th. I don't know. <laughs> well, you know what it is because they had it in June. Yeah, and they they had to vacate it and then all out won it, but then then Shoot and Doji won it like a month later. So yeah, it's basically. But they're one of the teams that they, every few months they win the belts. Because yeah. they're just like they, they are the kind of a de facto threesome in DDT. Yeah, makes sense. Um, all right, so let's go match by match here. Uh, we can start with the under matches, uh, of course. I mean, that makes more sense to calling it a dark match, considering they all make tape anyway. They all make tape, yeah. Um, the first under match is uh, Koki Iwasaki and Shinichiro Tomonaga taking on Kenshin Chikano and Akila Joe. 
Um, so Chikano, where the hell did this come from? In all honesty, because it, like yeah, Iwasaki is a DNA wrestler. He's been with them from the start, and I like him, but I feel like he's made no progress. He's just kind I of really the same guy. Yeah, when I, he was the guy that totally stood out to me at the the DNA one night tournament show I went to in um, last last summer. He was awesome on that show, but yeah, he just kind of he is kind of very samey a lot of the time. Yeah, uh, Shinichiro Tomonaga, he is from the uh, Ganbei Wrestling spin-off group that Ken Oka runs. Uh, his gimmick has been kind of the, the student pro wrestler. You, you know how in Japan there is university clubs for pro wrestling? Yeah. So he, he came from that background, but he signed with a Union Pro years ago and was kind of meant to be built up as their next uh, big project, but he folded uh never got anywhere and it's kind of been stuck doing the micro indies ever since he's decent he had a good match with Daisuke Sasaki on a Ganbear show last year over the the FMW independent junior heavyweight time, uh, title tournament of the world <laughs> whatever that belt is yeah but other than that like yeah, same thing like he's kind of same old same old it's not done much I think I'm being a bit too harsh on him uh, but if you haven't seen him before he's probably decent yeah, I've seen him a couple times. I don't, I don't really watch a ton of Gambare, but um, whenever I do catch it, he's usually on the show. So, um, but yeah, and then the opponents, obviously, Kenshin Chicano's a, you know, originally a Dragon Gate guy, um, now a Dove Pro Wrestling guy, and he's also made a lot of appearances recently in Wrestle One, where I've enjoyed his work a lot. Um, just really weird. They just showed up here, though. Yeah, he's done a few spots here and there but he's had nothing going on here and then what uh, about oh sorry go ahead oh yeah um, i was just about to say like chicana what's the tag team he's a part of in noah and noah no, well, no, no. He, he, he he was in noah a while ago wasn't he no i don't think so you're you're thinking of uh you're thinking of the, the rest of the dub pro guys are but i don't yeah, know if Chicano... Yohei, oh, do, am i yeah. mixing him up with, with yohei yeah. yohei's with hayata yep that's yeah. that's it. i mean yohei and chicano are tag partners in dove pro i believe but they're okay, not. But, but, but weirdly, they like Chicano. If he had wrestled for Noah, it was like once, probably. Like he's not a. He's been a wrestle one regular lately. Okay. Yeah. But there you go. And then I don't really know anything about Akira Joe, so I'm not gonna. Wasn't he an IGF guy? Okay. Oh yeah, you're right. Okay. I'm yeah. Now, this now, what his current role in DNA is part of a uh, Yoshimura's right. stable so in the in, Kingdom. Yeah, he's in the Nairobi Kingdom. So, they, so you know, he's kind of been one of his lackeys. And he he he's also the guy. So he he's the guy who fought Bobby Lashley in China. <laughs> I think in like a two minute match. But there you go. Um, I'm not gonna okay. And him. I just realized the connection for this match because. Uh, Iwasaki is feuding with the Naomi Kingdom in DNA, so I think that's gotcha. that's the heat for this match. Him and Kyojo so, facing off. So Chicano so is like the Naomi Kingdom hired gun or something, probably, or just just Kyojo's partner, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, the other other match. Oh, well, actually, second of three, the Tokyo Joshi Pro offer match: uh, Yuka Sakazaki and Shioko Nakajima. Taking on Rika Tatsumi and Maho Korone. Of course, Maho is the zombie everybody loves. Mm-hmm. Um, Rika, Rika Tatsumi is the what the hell's her name again? Like the dragon or something? The white dragon. She, she's named yeah. after Tatsumi Fujinami. Oh yeah, duh. She, she does like the dragon sleeper, but she does like a twist of fate version of it. Of it. Yeah. Right. 
And then I she's whenever I watch Tokajoshi Fire, which isn't always, she's definitely one of the ones who stands out. So I mean, she, was, she, she, was, is, she had that long. F- oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, she is given the title shot against Miyu Yamashita for their Kyokan Hall show in May. So yeah, that might be really good. Actually, that, though, Miyu has been awesome. In oh yeah, she's been, her... look, Yamashita, you, and uh, Sakazaki and Nakajima. I think are the four best goals that have come out of Tokyo Joshi. Yeah, and I would I pretty much agree with that. And but I but I remember really liking Tatsumi's the one who had the feud with Saki-sama, right? For long, that went on forever. Yes, and it happened with, uh, I think it was Rika hiring Shiro Koshinaka to teach her the hip attack. Yeah. To win the match. Yeah. And Rika, that, that match was free. I thought that match was awesome. Or, or like the all the matches they had, I saw the two of them have. So Rika and, you know, Saki, Saki Akai, not, not always the best in-ring uh, worker. So the two of them just had really good chemistry for whatever reason, I thought. Yeah, if you're going to watch Tokyo Joshi, you do it for the storylines rather than the in-ring action, in all honesty. Yeah. yeah. Although, um, like, that, that brand is surprisingly getting popular, I've noticed. It's been better a lot. I, I think the in-ring since, oh, maybe since like last fall, has started really, really improving. I don't know if just the all the girls getting more and more, um, you know, getting more and more experience. They, are, they just, are running more shows. Yeah, I just really, it feels like last fall was like the point where I started watching, you know, every time I watch them now, they actually think the in-ring, the in-ring has gotten better and better, so. Well, uh, it also helps that, um, like, Mao Kuron, the zombie gimmick, like, the foreign fan base absolutely love that, like, that's yes. such, and she is so good at being whatever the hell she is meant to be. And now there's a wrestler that's on the main card that we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about that's becoming very popular. Um, but yeah, and then you know, and the, she scares but, me more than the zombie. What? I'm sorry. She scares me more than the zombie. <laughs> yeah, and um, so but yeah, Yuka Sakazaki and Siyoko Nakajima. You just mentioned they're they're good wrestlers. Of course, uh, Sakazaki was was briefly the Tokyo Joshi Pro Champion. Yep. Um, she defeated you for the title before losing it back to Yamashita. Very good little in-ring worker. I like her. Um, but yeah, good. This would be uh. It should, be a good, it should be fun. Like, pretty fun little tag. Um, and then the final undermatch is Mizuki Watase, Reika, Daiki Shimamura, Nobuhiro Shimatani, and Takato Nakano taking on Mad Polly, Hoshitango, uh, Tomomitsu Matsunanga, Goto Hashi, and Cherry. This is your, like, they always have one of these where it's like all the, basically all the comedy acts that aren't in major storylines right now um, that aren't doing anything else and then some DNA guys. Yeah, there's kind of like a old generation versus new generation booking around this because it's DNA guys against uh, like two or four of these are like long time DDT wrestlers, uh, Matsunaga, Hashitango and Cherry. Like all they do nowadays are on the matches so they're no real part in the storyline. Go to Hashi uh, a few months back. He wrestled on the Ricky Choshu show and sucked so bad that Choshu was w- wondering why the hell he was there in the first place. Uh, it was <laughs> to get Kota Ibushi on the card. Simple as that. <laughs> so he's been he's been trying to uh, what's the word? Uh, m- make up for it. He's going to go through his uh, five match series of challenges against guys like Koji Kanemoto to try and uh, improve himself. 
Yeah, it's going to be something Koji can approach. <laughs> I'm hoping because they mentioned the Wiki Choshu reason, I'm hoping he's going to be like the final challenger. Yeah, that'd be pretty awesome if they could get him. Um, but yeah, so this should be a match. Um, it should be fine. Probably won't get that much time. Yeah, and I, I think Nobuhiro Shimatani, he might do something comedy-related on the main card, but uh, he's kind of been a highlight because he's been the Damnation's lackey for the yeah. last few months. And he was, he was as we'll talk about, he was awesome on the Saki Akai show, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's the three under matches. Um, nothing super blow away, but nothing that's going to be bad either. And then, well, okay, so I have to say, the order that we have here, because it's DDT, whenever they put, put out a card order, and it, it like half the time it ends up changing mm-hmm. when they actually run the actual show. So don't take our order here as like be all end all. It's just the order they have online right now, but it could change and probably will, honestly. So Yeah, it's how I just have it written down here. Yeah. So the, the first match we got here is the gauntlet tag match with um Lilico and Makoto Oishi um versus Reika Reika Sai can't pronounce your name name today. Reika Sekai and Ladybeard against Akito and Shuba Katsumata versus Toru Washi and Kazuki Hirata versus Antonio Han and Ethan Page. Versus Naomi Yoshimura and Keisuke Okuda. Um, what do you think of this? This is a really, really fun collection of teams, and I really can't imagine this not being anything but good. Um, probably pretty funny, but I don't know. What do you think? I mean, looking at the list here, I think it, I imagine if they're looking for a new set of contenders for the tag team championship, they probably might go with Akito and Katsumata. Yeah, everything awesome. else I'm kind of just seeing like mostly comedy or uh, just mixed together to get them on the card. So uh, yeah, this is not going to be a serious match. I don't like think. A, they always love having Lily Cole come on, and uh, she is very competent for her wrestling ex- experience. The thing is, she ha- she does nothing else for the rest of the year. Yeah, like I don't think if you remember this, but we are supposed to have a ten man tag team championship. Uh, belt. <laughs> She is one fifth of those championships, and they haven't been defended in a year. Well, they haven't been—they've barely been mentioned. So I don't yeah, know. No, like I, I think they just quietly got rid of them. I think at this point, yeah, it was like a one-show joke, basically. But whether whether it was intended to be or not, I think it's just a one-show joke. Um, but yeah. So you, anything in this match you're you're looking at other than other than that? Um, the, the, the Honda Honda Page, this is Honda, Ethan okay. Page targeting. Yeah. Naomi Yoshimura, so I think those two teams will uh, collide near the end. I don't really see any, anything else. Like, uh, Owashi and Hirata are always a good uh, odd couple tag team. Yeah. Saiki and Ladybird, I'm interested to see teaming up together. I, I know they're a band together. Uh, I I am kind of assuming they're an item. I don't know if that's true or not. Oh, but right. I, I kind of yeah, get right. that feeling when I see their social media. Yeah, it's very possible. But you know, first time seeing them as an actual tag team, I'm curious to see what that's like. Yeah, they, they're um, so they're obviously they they perform under the, under the band name Deadlift Lolita, and a friend of mine actually went and saw them in Japan, and said the people were just going nuts for them the entire time. So they have something there, I guess. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean that's a it's a very interesting, very interesting uh first as far as I know, this is the first time they've ever teamed together, right? As far as I know, at least in DDT, unless yeah. they did something else. 
Yeah, so I think this is their first time actually as a tag team, which is interesting because they've been idols together for like, you know, almost 10 months, I think. So it's been a while. Yeah, and um, with Saiki, I think she is really good, and I feel like there is something major ahead of her in the future. I just don't know where that is because she was the Tokyo Joshi champion, but uh, she's kind of been pushed out of that picture ever since she lost it. Yeah. Like when you look at her, you kind of think like WWE would be all over this woman if she had more experience. Yeah, probably. But um, I don't know where exactly she could go next. Like she might fit. And well, she might fit in well with uh, Stardom. Yeah, I, she probably would. Like just a uh, fancy booking, pushing stuff around. Yeah. Um, all right, so now the next match, speaking of Tokyo Joshi Pro, they're offered six-man tag. We have Miyu Yamashita, Maki Ito, and Mizuki taking on the team of Saki-sama, Yoshiko-sama, and Azusa Christie. A lot to talk about here. Um, first of all, the one I was alluding to as being incredibly popular would be Maki Ito who, like, all of a sudden, not, not quite overnight, but, like, ever since that Ito Respect Army account started, where, they, where they're actually, like, translating all of her tweets, like, she's become super popular on, like, English, a certain circle of English pure rescue Twitter. And I get it. Like, she's such a... It is a very cool gimmick, the whole idol thing. And the fired idol you could fight right now is, like, an all-time great nickname. So um, yeah, but for but those yeah, who so, don't know her, she, she was a part of a group called Linq. I think it's pronounced it L I N Q. I think it's yeah, Linq. Yeah, I, th- I think they were a popular band, but uh, she was allegedly fired from the group, and ever since her ego has been out of control. Mm-hmm. She trained with DDT to become a pro wrestler, and ever since day one, she has just been calling people out, calling people out left, right, and center, challenging like AKB forty eight matches because they <laughs> had the, to- the Tofu Pro Wrestling Show. Yeah. And it, She's also very popular because of her idol days, so they usually use her to promote the DDT shows and have her as the head social media girl. Yeah, she's she's extremely popular in Japan, and now she's becoming extremely popular with Western fans as well. And she's yeah. a fucking psychopath. <laughs> she is a complete psychopath. <laughs> like when you watch her wrestle, she does headbutts that oh, she's she's lightened them up recently. But I think the first time she started doing them, it was a close to the levels of Shibata. Yeah, she's out of her mind. It's pretty... I'm sure that's probably one of the reasons why everybody loves her, but, like, she uh, she had some aggression that she needed to take out after after an idol career, I think. So, it's understandable. Um, but, yeah, she rolls, and she's going to be... Uh, I'm sure she's going to be a big part of this match. Maybe not as big, since she's coming off a knee injury now, but she is still... She, she specifically says she's still going to be wrestling. So. Yeah, she was taken off of a show this week because of a leg injury, but I think it was just to, to make sure it didn't get any worse. Yeah, and then Mizuki is her, basically, her, like, that's like her partner, and they put out that idol video together, right? Yeah, they made a music video, and um, it's not bad. Yeah, and then, uh, obviously... Pop music isn't my thing, but uh, the video reminds me of Virtual Insanity by Jamiroquai, so that helps. <laughs> I mean, I do. I'm. I'm not really a big idol slash J-pop fan, but um, that was. It wasn't. It wasn't bad. And then Miyu Yamashita, as we mentioned, their partner. She's just fucking awesome. I mean, really good. About, talking about like just this, she's she's a lot bigger than a lot of the other girls in Tokyo Joshi Pro. I think she's like you know like five five or something, and she just has like these this wider frame. 
kind of like these big legs and like when she throws these kicks it just looks like she's fucking murdering people so she does have a good martial arts background uh, i forget what it was in but um she's been training for years yeah and she's so that, like that a, helps a lot she's a strong girl <laughs> that's what I'm say. and she you know I, I like her i like her whole gimmick i like her whole presentation and very good choice to be the two-time Tokyo Joshi Pro Champion, um, but I think she'll get like some time to shine here. And the and just a quick recommendation: uh, her match with Mako Satomura from uh, Tokyo Joshi, twenty-sixth uh, of August, twenty seventeen. I'm just looking this up. Like the two had a singles matches for the company's first show in Kyokan Hall. We recommend watching that. Yep, that was really good. And their interaction on uh, on Peter Pan was really good too. Or no, 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 that, no. That's what set up the match. Was it last year's Judgment actually? It was in. I think, oh, I think it was Peter Pan. Okay, it was some show. One of the two big shows last year. They had like a really crazy interaction during like a big tag match, and you know, and I, I liked her match too with uh, with Rika Saike a lot too, when she won the title back. Yeah, that fourth uh, of January as yeah, well. That was really good. So some recommendations if you're looking to get into Miyu Yamashita. The opposing team, of course, is the Neo Bishiki Goon. You have Saki Sama. You have her her priest Azusa Christie, and that that like the the whole Saki Sama thing was was awesome already. But just this nun, her nun being there, like I just said priest by accident, but her nun Azusa Christie, like just that that put that whole thing over the top for me. Like this is now one of the best gimmicks in wrestling, I think. Yeah, it, it is a wonderful change of pace for uh, that girl. It, it was Azusa Takagawa. And her previous gimmick was a, a woman who was just desperate to get married because she thought that's how you got stronger. So yeah, that was that was just kind of stupid and wasn't that end of that one. Well, it was fun because she carried around one of those women's magazines that had like the size of two phone books stuck together and she used it as a, as a weapon. Yeah, I, that one got that gimmick got old to me really quick, but I I was glad when they gave her the reset here. Yeah, but uh, since then she was abducted by uh, Bashiki Goon mm-hmm. and turned into a nun who now treats Saki Sama as her god. Yeah, which is awesome. Like, she, and she's so great in that role. Like, she just looks so happy all the time to be praying to Saki Sama. It's just so great. And you know, obviously they went out and got. They had originally this was like an X, and they bring out Yoshiko Sama on the last Korokin, just hiding her face behind that teddy bear the entire time. It was just quite quite the whole yep. setup there. I know I know some people are not going to watch this because they don't want to watch anything with Yoshiko. But yeah, no, I mean it's just as far as everyone in Japan is concerned, she's more or less paid her price, so yeah. she's kind of accepted back in. Like I understand it's a situation that yeah, it, it's rough that it happened, but it's a lot of them have just moved on. Yeah. So you know, I don't I don't think she, I don't expect her to be like a regular or anything in Tokyo Joshi Pro with a unit, but um. You know, she'll probably come around for big matches, I guess. No, but I mean, her and Saki Akai do have a history together. I think she was Saki's one of her first opponents and also one of her first challengers when she had the Stardom Championship. So the two are kind of linked to each other every now and then. This yeah. just continues that. But and I had to say too, Saki, Saki herself, way better in this role than as like a, you know, DET baby face, I think. Like she has so much more charisma. The, the aristocratic uh, posh woman is a really good fit for her. Yeah. So I mean, I like Saki Akai sometimes anyway in DDT, and I think she. I talked about this before. I think in, in her, from an in ring standpoint, like this is a, in the past year, finally she got over that whole thing where 
she looked like a deer in the headlights constantly. Whereas now she finally looks a lot more comfortable in the ring. I mean, she's not like great or anything, but she at least looks like, um, you know, she's not going to fall down all the time. Uh, but yeah, she's, but, but like she, even with that, with that said, she just looks even more comfortable when she's in the Saki Sama gimmick. So, um, yeah, I, I liked it a lot and I'm, I'm glad they're going to get a main show DDT spot here. It also helps that uh, I think since she's the experienced one in Tokyo Joshi now, she kind of gets to lead everyone else in the matches and that kind of helps her confidence. Yeah, probably. So all things considered, I think she's made, she made some big improvements, Um, but I'm excited for this match. As you can probably tell, I'm very into this one. So I guess you feel the same. Oh, you know, it should be fine. Um, the setup to this was uh, when Yoshiko was revealed, uh, Ito pretty much tried to stand up to her and had to be pulled back. So yeah, so they they so I don't know if you got that joke. They they did like a they were they were bait they were doing like a reenactment of a pop team epic sketch for an anime because people say they look oh, like was the, the people chicken joke. Um, it was it was I think it was supposed to be the one where like the where where Popko got really mad at another girl for singing over her. For singing okay. over singing and like Papimi was like trying to hold her back. I think that's what it's supposed to be. I think Papimi was like holding. Yeah, they, they I, basically... mean, I saw the fan art of uh, Yamashita and Ito as the two golds. Yeah, and they like, like they, a lot they, of people they, pointed that out because of their size difference and hair color yeah. and whatnot. Yeah, so they were they were po- they posted that to social media themselves too, like just comparing the two. And then they did so like you know it's a very the same kind of dynamic with the two characters. Where people aren't aware where Popco is like. This, the smaller one, but like she flips out at a moment, so it's and like is flipping people off. And Papimi at the, the bigger one, like what Yamashita has to like hold her back, so that was kind of what they were going for there. And it was they put like Ito herself on social media, like made that very clear. And that's not me reading into it, like that she was like, Yep, that's what we're doing. So and that's where having that Ito Respect Army account really comes in handy <laughs> because you know, we could get who would have known if we would have uh picked up on that without those translations so yeah that's if you're interested in that that's uh ito with an h and then respect army all one word on twitter great yeah, twitter follow I should look that up. yeah it's a great follow um but yeah so then up next we have the street fight street wrestling using the entire ryogoku building falls count anywhere five-way tag match uh shinshiro takagi and ipanjin because he's you know a salary man now minori uh, Munanori Sawa versus Mike Bailey and Mao versus Yuko Miyamoto and Soma Takao versus Zami Kodaka and Fuminori Abe versus Michael Nakazawa and Shinsuke Nakamura. There's been so much stuff for this. This so, is going um, to be my match of the year. I yeah, am so excited for this. This is so good. All right, look, first of all, we have to say the, the, the Takagi and Sawa teaming up based on their parody of the of the Golden Lovers reunion. I laughed until I cried when I watched that. I must have watched it back like 10 fucking times, um, you know, within like a, a 10 minute period. It was so fucking great. Um, just one of the all time. The best part, too, is just watching the crowd slowly figure it out, like what they were doing here, and then like just watch the crowd just go crazy when they, once they figure out what's going on. So yeah, that was an all time great setup. Um, and then after that, you have, you know, you have Mike Bailey and Mal. We're already a great team. Um, you know, this is kind of what people figured they were going to be doing more of with Mao after the breakup of the idols. Um, 
You got Miyamoto and Soma Takao. Interesting team there. Um, you got Kodaka and Abe. And then, of course, you have Michael Nakazawa and Shinsuke Nakamura set up with a, a great segment at Korokin last time with Shinsuke coming out and throwing people out in the Battle Royal and pointing to the non-existent side. Oh, no, there was a sign there. Oh, there was a sign, yeah. Okay. Yeah, the, a cardboard sign that just said, I think it was Weird Goku Mania. <laughs> That's awesome. But it, like, it they, just to make it clear, like they straight up redid the Royal Rumble 2018 men's finish. <laughs> uh, like the, the exact way him and Takagi in the role of Roman Reigns hitting the ropes, doing the Kinshasa, throwing him over the top rope, and then the big celebration. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, go go ahead, go, give me your thoughts on this because I, I know you're you're just as excited for as a, as a, for, as I am, maybe more excited. Yeah, now here's why. Uh, first of all, Takagi and Sawa, they had a fantastic tag team title reign back in, I think it was 2011, where they did just a whole series of False Count Anywhere matches in different locations. Uh, I, at the time, on my website, I jokingly referred to it as the greatest title reign of all time t- uh, trademark. Mm-hmm. So getting to see them team up again is you know, just uh, fantastic uh, as far as I am concerned. Um, Speedball and Mao, uh, they are a great team together. This is Speedball's uh, first time DDT back in a month or two. We uh, actually just saw him in the uh, 16 Carat last weekend in G- Germany. Uh, nice guy, um, himself and Vida. Found out uh, he gets his schedule from me, which is a bit worrying. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I, I did not realize that's how far my website uh, branches out. But uh, yeah, I'm bit worried about that when your boss <laughs> tells you to go follow this Irish guy to find out who you're facing next. <laughs> That's amazing. Wow. I know there's that and uh, just another one just to allow me to inflate my ego. I was once told that uh, this website is Kenny Omega's dad's favorite website because that's how he found out what his son was up to. That's awesome. Okay, uh, back to the match. Uh, Miyamoto and Takeo, they are kind of representing Smart Squash in this because uh, Miyamoto has the tag team with Hashima every once in a while. Yeah. Uh, Takeo's been uh, Hashima's partner as well, so those two are kind of connected to that. Uh, Kodaka and Abe are representing uh, the Basara sub-brand. Abe, I'm very interested in because he is more or less our son. Like, he is Munanari Sour Jr. Yeah. I know like, that he, he's the a guy... The way he moves, the way he uh, does the techniques, and uh, even seeing him in a few false count anywhere matches to set this up, it's just very similar to what Sour used to do. Yeah. He's a he's a guy who, who seems to have very... There's a very diverse range of opinions on, but... I thought him going to Basara was a it's a weird fit, but maybe it'll work out for him. I hope so. It, it, I, I think it's a company that they do better with him more than he does better with the company. Yeah. Just because it's just such a small roster of the same people fighting the same guys over and over. So I think Abbey is a good addition to mix things up. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and then the last one, then Nakazawa and Shinsuke or oh, the wild card said uh, Nakazawa he, com- he comes back once a year to do these DDT matches like he currently lives in I think it's Singapore uh, he does like a lot of uh, g- gym work kind of a uh, training work that kind of stuff and uh, Chinsuke is the Nakamura impersonator the, the probably the greatest impersonator ever I don't I don't like very very close he's up there 
I, yeah, I think so. Like, um, there's not many others. There was that guy who did Great Muda a few years ago. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, they, they, well, there was the WrestleGate promotion, which was like a whole bunch of uh, comedians doing wrestler tributes. Yeah. But Shinsuke is a great one. So I have to say. Yeah, if you get to see him in any of his DDT appearances, he is just so good at mimicking Nakamura at, and just doing whatever jokes, referencing whatever Nakamura did at that period. Yeah. So it's very cool. And um, I, I think the the only addition I have to this is uh, to build up this match, Mao has been trying to take the crown as the new generation king of the Thoughts Count Anywhere match, which Takagi has taken uh, insult to. So the two have been trying to blow each other up with fireworks in Thoughts Count Anywhere matches leading up to this. And Mao, Mao ran him over the truck. <laughs> that too, yes. <laughs> as Shinkiba. So it's, th- th- this has been really well built up. I'm looking forward to this a lot. Um, this is exactly the kind of... This is exactly DDT's like the kind of thing the only DT can do where the buildup is comedy, but also like there's probably going to be a lot of great action in this match too. Like it's not, that's where I think sometimes people don't understand what I, what people, why people like DT so much and why people like the, like the comedy side of it too. It's like, just because a match has comedy doesn't mean it can't also have some great action. And this is probably, like you know going to be another example of that but um all right so well, i mean if you remember the last few times they did false count anywhere matches in sumo hall you had stuff like abushi moonsaulting off balconies and pile driving nakazawa into a toilet <laughs> and like yeah. go to hashi being thrown down steps and uh, usually bicycles get brought in and there's a tower of chairs that get knocked over eventually yeah, it's just it's fun. It's not it doesn't mean it's not going to be funny and fun. They go hand in hand. So you usually get one. a few cameos as well. Like if someone like an Aja Kong or a Minoru Suzuki of all people could show up and wreck some shit. Yeah. Um, you know, you'll know be a good one for Suzuki if he's on if he's not on Strong Style Evolved. We'll know. <laughs> he'll show up. Um. Mm. All right. So match four: World Crazy Wrestler Number One Decision Battle in DDT. Joey Ryan versus Colt Cabana. Um, I'm not that excited for this one. I'm not really that big a fan of either guy. Although I thought Joey Ryan was a lot better than he's been in a while during the during the um, the Do League. Like I thought he actually did have a few surprisingly good matches, and some of his stuff was. He was good in, in his feud with uh, Daisuke Sasaki as well because yeah, he, he got a little bit of the comedy for that. But um, this will probably be a lot of comedy. I'm, I'm assuming. So. It would be um, like I don't really have much to say because there hasn't been any build-up on the DDT side about this match. It's just there. It's the two American comedy wrestlers against each other. Yeah, like I'd probably... say, Code will probably have good stories coming out of it for his podcast. Yeah, don't have a lot to say about it either. So we can just move on. Um, number five special single match: Super South Dango Machine versus Jiro Kashiro. Um, what are your this thoughts? This is supposed on? to be for the Iron Man Heavy Metal Weight Championship, but I have completely lost track of where that belt is right now. <laughs> I, I think Sasadango has it, but he's been losing it to various people over the last month. Yeah, I think he does too, but it's, it's very difficult to tell. Um, so, w- give us the story on this one because I don't, I don't really remember what what it is even. Um, this match was made, and the idea was. Sasadango could only defend the title if he could defend it for 
every week. So, sorry, I'll say this again. The match was made, and the gimmick was the title could only be on the line if, up until that match, Sasadango defends the belt two times a week, every week. I got and you. That's where the confusion comes in because he's lost the belt, he's won it back, he's lost it again. And uh, I'm not sure what else can be done with this. Uh, the weird thing is, like, Koshio, he was really good during the D.O. Grand Prix. Uh, his match with Takashida on, was it night one? Was it? Yeah, I think it was, very, it was pretty early, I think, yeah. Yeah, no, like, that was a fantastic match, and I figured coming out of it, he would have gotten a title shot. That might be in the future if, uh, you know, the main event goes Takashida's way, but uh, I don't know, like, four months is a long time to build up that title match. Yeah. I mean, maybe they they could always have because I assume Jiro is winning this, so you could always have Jiro win here and then do it at one of the two April Karkins. But but yeah, we'll, I guess we'll find out. I mean, um, I'm expecting there's going to be probably a lot of uh, switching going around to this match. Maybe other people will be added or making cameo appearances because this does scream like a, a weird comedy match where it's just. The joke is some famous people come in. Yeah, probably. Uh, and then match six, the dramatic dream match. Don Shokudino, uh, Keisuke Ishii, and Ken Oka against Great Muda, Daisuke Sasaki, and Tetsuya Endo. Folks, this could be the great, the final match in the history of Keiji Muto slash Great Muda's career. Like, well, I don't know he's if that's... Done, he's done the moonsaults now. He's no longer doing that. Like, this is, I don't know if this is properly understood or not, but like, he's after this match is over, he's going in for a major, major, major surgery that he may not be able to come back from by his own admission. So, this could be his last match. What um, a way to go out because, <laughs> yeah, the, the storyline for this is mental. He great like, well, what's to, happening he, is uh, to, to set this up, Dan Dino has transformed into the great homo, which is his own version of the great Muta, and he's been. Under this guy's attacking Sasaki and Endo to set up this match. In ret- in retaliation, Muta has begun possessing other people to give Dino the to spit the mist at Dino at <laughs> inopportune times. So DDT is now uploading videos of Dino going through his everyday work, like exercising or going to the dentist, and just these random people being possessed and spitting mist at him. <laughs> yeah, it's something. And it's gone even further because uh, DDT had a show this morning or today, our, our time. And during the match, both the referee and the ring announcer, and I think a few other people got possessed and spat the mist at Dino during the match. Pretty awesome. Um, and obviously, Sasaki and Endo here as Muda's partners is very interesting. Yeah, um, that's a good fit for them, I think. Sasaki dressed up as Sting recently too, like not like not even the Sting from the period where Muto was wrestling. He was like peak WCW Crow era Sting <laughs> to yeah, attack the, Dino. Nurema Sting, I think, is what he calls it. What does he call it? Nurema, N E O I M A. That's his hometown, I think. Gotcha. It's very, uh, it's very cool. But um, obviously, Ken Oka being here is going to be fun. You know, he has a lot of history with Daisuke Sasaki recently. Um, I don't know why Ishii is here exactly, but he is. So. Ishii's kind of in the same group as uh, Dino and Oka. Like, he's kind of among their friends group, I think. Gotcha. But, I mean, this should be a really fun match. I'm, uh, Very I'm wacky. Like, I really want to see just what Muda's going to be like in there with Dino. It's going to be something. Especially if um, this is his last match, because yeah. what a way to go out. 
I mean, at least he's going out the sumo hall, right? I mean, <laughs> you know, you know, it's something. I guess. Yeah, he, I think he'll be back. Like he's been, he's been hit it this long. This is true. I mean, I, I think he'll have the surgery and he'll do at least like one more match, but it might not be for a while. So, um, all right. I can so only then... do two shining wizards this time. <laughs> Uh, match seven, the KOD six man tag team titles Kudo, Yukio Sakaguchi, and Masahiro Takanashi defending against Koto Omeda, Yuki Ueno, and Koji Takeda. Um, very easy story here, right? With uh, with Umeda turning on the turning on his fellow Shooting Doji members to side with his generation, more or less. Uh, Shooting Doji pretty much said they have no challengers ahead of them, uh, to defend the titles against. And Umeda being the fourth man of the group and the odd man out when it comes to these trio title defenses, decided that, well, he wants the challenge for them. And in the lead-up to this, uh, Umeda and Ueno had kind of a generation feud in DNA, which branched over to DDT. It was like low-card matches, uh, but a lot of heat under them, given the attitude between them. And they kind of earned each other's respect since then and decided to team together. Yeah. Any chance we see a title change here? I, I doubt it because I, I think this is where the sen- seniority comes into play. Like you don't really have the juniors go over the seniors. Yeah, I mean it'll, it'll be nice and it'll be a good change of pace uh, to get the young guys over on this. But uh, I don't really see it. Yeah, I think this would be really good though. Should be, especially if the, the three guys are motivated. Yeah, I mean I really, I really like everybody on the Shooting Doji team and. You know, all the DNA guys are good, so I don't I don't see any reason why this can't be really good. Um, all right, then the double main event. First of all, the KOD tag team titles, Hiroshima and Naomichi Marafuji defending against Daisuke Sekimoto and Kachisada Higuchi. Um, pretty much no way this match is pretty damn good. Um, it could, if it, if it overachieves, it could even be like a match of the year level type match, but I'm at least pretty confident in it being an extremely good match. It will be decent, but uh, my only worry is uh, like last year when it was uh, Hiroshima and Marafuji against I think it was Higuchi and Ilie, it was only all right. So uh, hopefully with Sekimoto uh, now in the fray, it rises up a level. I'm sorry. You, oh, you you didn't like that match. Uh, I thought that match was awesome. I, I was disappointed by it. Like I, I had too high expectations. I think I gave it like, I was there live, so that might be coloring me a little bit, but I think I still went like four and a quarter. So... I think I, li- I liked it more than you did. But yeah, I mean, um, you know, Marafuji can be hit or miss, but on the other hand, Sekimoto is one of the most consistent guys around. So I think that'll, that'll uh, help offset it. But yeah, Same pretty... with Hiroshima. Um, Higuchi, in the last year, I felt his fault a bit, but um, yeah. I think part of it, that is just uh, being given a lot of chances in the main event and just like losing or being set up to lose over and over. Yeah, I mean, I thought he was awesome during the Do tournament. Like, he had some really yep. standout matches. Um, you know, he hasn't done a lot since, but you know, he's he's been good in the build to this. So maybe he's really getting back on track, and I think he's going to win. Which will help. I think so too, because they've been setting up a he can't beat Hiroshima. Um, I think I think he actually did get a win. Uh, let me just see uh, the schedule. They, they they had a singles match very recently, which I think I think he won. Yeah, but um. There was that, and there was also another match this month where Hiroshima knocked out Higuchi, and all it did was uh, made him angry, angry when he woke up. 
So there's a lot of uh, bad blood feuding between the two. Yeah. But I'm I'm excited for this one. I have high expectations. We'll see if it lives up to them. But um, I really I yeah, think Sekibota and Higuchi were a good team on the New Year's Eve title. Yes, yeah, they were. They were awesome. They so were that's really another, that's another reason to be confident. Thank you. Thanks for bringing that up. Um, all right. So in the main event, the KOD Openweight Title, Konsuke Takashida defending against Shuji Ishikawa. Of course, this is the rematch from um, the excellent, excellent match they had at Peter Pan 2016. Um. So okay, first question about this: Do you think, do you think Takashita winning is too predictable here? Like, because I've seen that complaint that people are like, "Oh, Takashita's going to get his win back at Sumo Hall against Shuji." And do you think that is too predictable, or do you think there actually is a chance that Shuji's winning? I think there's a chance that Shuji is winning. Partly because I'm, uh, this show is taking place the same day as All Japan in uh, the Saitama Super Arena hub. And Shuji isn't on that show. And I think he, he recently lost the tag titles as well, didn't he, with yeah. Suama. So it kind of felt like um, that happened so he could focus on DDT and maybe could get another one uh, with the main belt. Like He was fantastic in the Diogo Grand Prix. Yes. I mean, pretty much every fucking match he had. Like, if you look at my top 10 of the year so far, it's, I think there's four <laughs> different matches with Shuji Ishikawa in the, in the Dio Grand Prix. So. And the, the weird thing is, like, uh, in the setup to this, his uh, road to the title match has kind of made him the baby face up until recently because they're. What he's been doing after every victory is singing karaoke with the fans and getting yeah. Mad Party to dance along with him. And he's been very uh, jolly, very friendly. He's he's not really that, that much of a bad guy. It was only just recently when he figured out Takashida is hurt. If I injure him, he'll have to uh, vacate the championship. I can become the new champion. And instead of wrestling at Sumo Hall, I can sing and dance all night instead. So now uh, Ishikawa has been attacking Takashida purposely trying to injure him during their preview matches for the show. Like that's the only heel moves he he's been doing in the run up to this. Yeah. Um so that's a good point. Maybe he does have a chance and I'm gonna think about that while I watch. Um but let's say for argument's sake that Takashita is gonna win here and Oh yeah, I mean that's still the likely thing I, th- yeah. I think. Yeah. So do you have any problem with that? Do you have any problem with him getting getting the getting a win here and beating his well, no, th- th- this is the super push he's been a part of ever since he's won the title. The faults I have with Takashida, I feel the only solution is just let time go by. Like th- this is, He's only 22 years old, I think, and it's only when he's going to be the gruff old veteran with a bitter at a new generation below him that I feel like things are going to click for him and he'll be like just that super worker they want him to be. Um, as things stand now, like like I said, he's just he's a bit of a bland personality. He, he's very solid in doing. He's really good in these kind of situations. It's just yeah, he can't get that personality across sometimes. Yeah, he's a great in ring wrestler. That is very very true. It's just probably you know I, I would put him in like the top five in the entire world, maybe top three. It's just he doesn't get across. Um, a personality that clicks with the fans as as well as a lot of other guys, like you were saying. And like, um, I don't know. I think, I, I don't know if there's anything wrong with having 
a top guy who you know who's who's very like kind of generic and bland top baby face but a great I mean, in ring they, they kind of did with Harashima for years and then worked with him yeah so i don't know if there's a i mean i think Harashima is a little more charisma but um, oh yeah but i mean that that's standard main event baby yeah. face also. so i think it's fine but um you know i think probably probably at some point i would i would want to see them give endo a, give endo a run but um i guess we'll have to wait and see i think that's a long term goal for them yeah but what the match itself though should be fucking fantastic i mean yeah but my only concern is if uh, the crowd is too tired at this point too yeah but i mean it's it's takashita and ishikawa like what do you the match of peter pan in 2016 was one of the best matches of the year i'm sure it's gonna be fantastic oh yeah Um, it won't be if it fails it won't be true a lack of effort yeah you know but um, no no uh, I, i do think it should be great it's just um like this is probably going to be a five-hour show. Yeah. Like this is like WrestleMania level stuff where it's just we have four or five hours, cram everything in there, burn out, be damned. Yeah. All right. So that's Judgment. Um, pretty awesome card overall. Some really good stuff here. Um, very much looking forward to watching it. Yeah, and uh, they normally throw in a few big surprise announcements during the show as well. So. Expect something major to come out of this. What it is, I've no idea. But well, I, usually it's a, an announcement of who's going to appear on the next Sumo Hall show. Yeah. So that would be Peter Pan this year in October. So we'll see. Um, all right. So let's get into the other topic we want to discuss today, which is the Saki Akai produced DDT collection show, March 14th, um, from Tajuku Face. This is a show that you and I both, I think, really, really enjoyed. Um, and you suggested that we talk about it on the show, maybe and go through it a little bit here. Oh yeah, um, but it, it was a lot of fun because um, like there was only like two two regular matches on the card. Everything else was comedy, but the comedy was really good with what yeah, was the presented. Com- the comedy was hilarious. Like I think it was a great example of like um, the, the like the really funny stuff they do that you don't even really need to know any Japanese to to understand why this is funny. Just like you know, Aja Kong sitting there reacting to all these people in her face paint is is hilarious. Whether you can understand everything going on or not, you know. So, um, but let's start with the I don't know the under match, which is kind of a match. It was one of the the few matches yeah, no, in the no, show. Not talked about that. It was just uh, but like with Hayes and Shimamura, I like them, but uh, yeah, they don't have anything going on right now. <laughs> but the opener, the real opener, was the outrage six way all bad guy members. Uh, we had Yoshiko, Yo- Yuko Miyamoto, Ryoto Nakatsu, Naomi Yoshimura, Yukio Sakaguchi, and Nobuhiro Shimatani. Um, Yoshiko ended up getting the pin on Shimatani with the diving senton at 8.41. The basic idea here is you had everybody dressing up as like street toughs, very stereotypical Japanese street toughs. And they all look like uh, bad guys from the Yakuza games. Yeah, and Shimatani... <laughs> you know, little little Ashley Matani here trying to be big and tough for all these other like legitimate like tough guy tough guys and one tough girl was really fucking funny. Yeah, no, no just him in that costume just made me wish Tozawa Juku was still around. He would be perfect for that group. <laughs> um, but yeah, this was awesome. Like I don't know, and like he who who like. Someone like uh, tried to pr- confess her love for Yoshiko. Was it Yoshimura? It was, uh, I got mixed up. Um, I wrote down oh, okay. Yoshimura, but no, Shimatani did it. Okay, and Shimatani really wanted. Like I, I remember thinking, like that's a very 
that's a very dangerous love to confess, sir. I don't know about that. She already has eyes for Ibushi, so it's not looked at. <laughs> um, match two was the Iron Man Heavy One White title, the Doki Heart Aja Full Paint Rumble. Uh, basically, everybody came in with Aja Kong's music, Aja Kong's face paint, which, by the way, was comedy itself. The ten count, the the countdown, always resulting in the same theme song. She never had any idea it was coming out. Um, you had gorgeous Matsuno, Ethan Page, Arashima, Super Sasadango Machine, the mask off and the face paint, Antonio Honda, Shinshiro Takagi, Maki Ito, and Makoto Oishi. Um, Aja Kong finally came in towards the. Oh, that was the order of elimination, by the way. Um, and Aja Khan finally came in towards the end. She was on commentary for most of it. And oh, yeah. She, she refused to take part in it until they started pulling out bananas and making monkey noises. <laughs> got, yeah, the Kong name. So Ed, that pissed her off enough to enter the match herself. Um, but it was something. This was this was a really fun match. One of my favorite comedy matches in a while, probably. Yeah, there and, is layers to this match that are kind of blew my mind because you had at one point it was a uh, Antonio Honda and Sasadango machine reenacting Bison Kamura getting her head shaved. <laughs> what was that from like 1985 or something? It, it, uh, uh, I don't know the match itself, but it, I thought it was a tag match with Kong and uh, Bison against whoever, but then I'm not too familiar with the women's wrestling from that era. Okay. I think it was nineties, but I couldn't. Yeah. And the other thing I don't think I wrote down, but, um, one of them, their face paint, I think, was meant to be uh, the great Kabuki instead of Aja Kong, and that was one <laughs> of the things that pissed her off. Yeah. Because every time someone entered the match, she just ranted about something. So it was uh, Makoto Oishi, his face paint was off. Gorgeous Matsuno, he just sucks. Uh, <laughs> like Ethan Page, what's this fauna doing here? All that stuff. Yeah. And like when uh, Maki Ito, like when she and Harashima got in their fucking scream off. Yeah. Like, that was awesome. And she just stood there screaming, and I don't know what the fuck Karachi was thinking trying to match screens with her. Because well, she, it, like, you think, Judging from this match, do you think Harashima has ever watched Aja Kong wrestle? Because probably not. His idea of the spinning back fist was to do Zangief's double lariat move from Street Fighter. <laughs> and, like, and he was yeah, going around with like the Joker smile just laughing at people. Like, <laughs> I don't think he's ever seen an Aja Kong match from before. No, I don't, I don't think so either. And then, like, Maki Ito and Aja Kong really got into it after after this uh, after this match on Twitter. And again, thanks to the Ito Respect Army. Shout out to them. Or, I think it's actually just one person. But um, he he basically said, like, he, like the translation was like, um, oh god, the two of them were going back and forth. Aja Kong said that she's too pale. Um, and then my I win. My real name is cuter, and my face is smaller than yours. Ito said, "But my features are cuter than yours, and my and look to everything in society." So actually, I win. And Aja <laughs> replied, "You're not. You're just not that cute." And Ito responded again, "You really went there. There's no way I'll forgive you now." <laughs> and then it just kind of went like that. And then at one point, I uh, setting of match between the two. I guess so. And then I just said, I was wrong. You're not cute at all. And Ito said, shut your mouth, you big fat hag. So there you go. Really, really, uh, really getting into it. Ito's whole gimmick, basically, is she's like, I, I just meant proof because again, she got, she screamed in Aja Kong's face. And headbutter. And, like, and headbutter. This woman is like, again, like Maki Ito is like five foot one, maybe. Not a big girl. 
And she like is, but she's just scared of nothing and no one. That's her entire gimmick. And she is literally fearless. You can, someone could put a fucking gun at her and she'd just scream in their face. So that's yep. basically her whole gimmick. So it's, uh, it's quite, it's quite amusing. Um, but yeah, this match was made awesome. Um, you know, you know, Kong shrugged off that headbutt and pin Ida with a vertical drop brain buster. Um, Don, then she ended up pinning Orishid to end the match. Um, and afterwards, Dino congratulated Kong for winning and asked if he could become Aja Kong too. And she called him rude and knocked him out afterwards. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, that that match was awesome. Yeah, uh, just match, stuff all around. Yeah. Then match number three was the champagne match. Uh, the well, I think the shoe shoe match. Kabuki Cho Yutaro. Uh, Daisuke Sasaki and Tetsuya Endo against Jun Kazai and DJ Nira. Great, great mystery partner there, DJ Nira. But um, this was obviously the gimmick here was basically every time they would go for a pin uh, or a rope break, anytime anyone would kick out, they'd have to drink. So the people who went for the pin would have to drink. So it ended up at the point where by the end, no one wanted to go for pins. No, nobody... no, 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 no. Suzaki uh, wanted to go for pins because he wanted more champagne. Oh, okay. And what, what was happening is he was literally putting up Kasai and Nira to kick out at the points. Oh, okay. But Endo was the one who didn't want it. Yeah, and Endo just was fed up by the end of it. Yeah. So um, this was this was awesome. I mean, Suzaki's a prolific drinker anyway, I guess. So... Um, I'm pretty sure that's a shoot, actually. Do you think they were drinking? Were they drinking shoot champagne? What do you think? I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, usually they've done these kind of drunk matches before and they've used beer for it, so I assume they probably did. Do- I mean, it, it was fizzing. Yeah. Like, I'm not a master of champagne or wine or anything like that, but I don't know why you, you would just use like soda water for it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then by the end, basically everybody was so drunk. Endo tried to do a moonsault, but totally missed it. Um, Suzaki, he, he went to, he w- was going to put, um, oh God, they just, they, he ended up putting the ref in the cross face, right? Yeah. Did he, did he know it was the ref? I couldn't even tell that. Yeah. Yeah. I think he, he was, I don't know the reason why, but I think he did know. Okay. But he but yeah, left out the best bit where Nero convinced a bunch of trainees to come oh, in and form a human pyramid for Jun Kasai to do the Pole Harbor splash bomb, and they just collapsed. Because uh, I think it was supposed to be like a bubbling over, like the like the way they they will stack the champagne. Glasses yeah, the stack out. of wine glasses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> this match was fucking awesome. So, um, yeah, it was uh, another really really fun match, and ended up getting thrown out. The you know just basically like. Can't do this anymore. Like DJ Nero attacked the ring keeper as well, so they have no idea what the official match time is. Yeah, well, it was awesome. Um, after that, we had Neo Bishiki Goon versus Tichu Hijoshi special fight. Uh, Saki Sama, Azusa, Azusa Christie, and Martha, with of course Yukio Saint Laurent defeating Margaret Arashi, Kazoko Hirata, and Kazoko Huguchi. Uh, Saki Sama pinning Hirata with the two stage face kick. Twelve fifty three. First of all, I have to point this out every time. Uh, Hirata is a disturbingly beautiful girl. She is like, I don't know what it is about her, but she, or, or oh, I guess really him. But like, the, obviously, Awashi, you know, not a beautiful, not a beautiful woman, but Hirata just looks adorable. It's almost Fair like, <laughs> what were you supposed to look? Maybe you were supposed to be this way, buddy. But, um, 
the other one who did not look adorable was Higuchi, who just um, coming know. out to like a virgin wearing <laughs> was it a Playboy dress or something like that. <laughs> To come out to like a virgin was the greatest part. Like I, I was like pr- laughing pretty hard at that. And um, but yeah, Saki Saki Sama seemed very disgusted with Higuchi throughout this match because <laughs> Higuchi kept stripping basically, like what lost lost her dress and uh, yeah, it was not what a. What happened was it uh, Yukio who was the dark and mysterious doctor for Neo Bishiki Gun took out a syringe and stabbed Iguchi with it and all it did was make him hook up. Oh got it. So that that's why he pretty much ended up stripping down to his I assume lingerie. So he he and Saki are real item, right? In real life? So I've heard. Yeah, because they I mean it makes sense too because I when I saw them like I at, outside in um in in Shinjuku after after like a Shinjuku face shot was like the two of them. I mean they weren't alone. They had a couple other people with them, but they they seemed pretty close. And I guess it would make sense too with this with Yukio just randomly being part of this gimmick for no reason really. But well no no but, I mean it, it's mostly the shoot and doji people that are involved with it and Saki is part time a member of that group in DDT. Gotcha. But yeah, I'm pretty sure they are a couple, but I don't know. They look I mean, very from what I've heard, yeah, that, that does seem to be the case, but I've no proof of it. Okay. I mean they, they definitely looked chummy when they were out in out in the town in Shijuku together. So either way. Um but yeah, so anyway, back to the match though. The match was awesome. I quite I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I kind of went through the big spot, which was just there. Uh, here's the thing with DDT. They're starting to get these big heavy, heavyweight wrestlers in, and they are able to convince them to do drag gimmicks once in a yeah. while. Because it was him and uh, Uni Eno. They haven't dressed up as a nurse for a DDT show a few months back. Yeah. Makes sense. So, uh, I mean, that, that, that's the kind of... Um, like, people know not to take this shit too seriously. So you get, they're getting people who... They can be these great wrestlers, but they also know when to have fun. Yeah. Um, any other any other thoughts on the undercard before we get to the main event? Um, no, no. I, I think it, like it was just a two and a half hour long show, and I think the intermission was like twenty minutes, so it's a breeze to get through. Yeah. And the main event, the Miracle Change DT Collection, where everybody got like a makeover from Saki's personal stylist before. They came out, which was pretty cool. It was Kudo, Akito, and Mao defeating Takashita, Soma, and Shunma. Uh, Kudo painting Shunma Katsumata with the diving double knee drop in 1253. Pretty good match. Pretty much the only really serious match in this entire show. Yeah, just um, a straightforward wrestling match. Yep. Um, I like Mao's pink parka was whatever. I'm going to give the like, fashion here. I, I like Akito's pon- poncho. Um, Kudo's rider gear was awesome. Uh, Katsumata's cap and t-shirt was whatever. Soma in his kimono was really cool, and Takashina's fur coat looked pretty good. So there you go. Like, was there there was some sort of cartoon drawing on the back of it? Like, was it meant to be like a Studio Ghibli thing or something? Um, like, yeah, like if you see his entrance, like the back of his jacket had some like one of those Ghibli characters drawn on it. Yeah, it's possible. Like. Yeah, no, I mean, like a good main event. Uh, just I don't really have much to say about it. Like it was That's just straightforward wrestling. And then after that, we got the an extra match for the a bonus track one day GM competition. Basically, um, 
Saki wanted to, or uh, like Dino wanted the rights to do the to it again, right? Was that? Yeah, the thing is, uh, in DDT, there is an Afro wig that used to be worn by the former general manager, and it's now become the symbol of power for the company. So if you possess this wig, you are given one day uh, to become GM of the company and book your own show. Which is how this uh, show came about. So, so in the main event, basically everybody on the show did like basically a battle royal where they were all trying to wear this wig for three seconds and that would make them the winner and get the right to book their own show. And the end up, the winner ended up being uh, Kazu- Kazuku Hirota. Now here's my question. Do we know if, does Hirota have to be in the Kazuko uh, Tichu Hijoshi gimmick? When that I don't know. Yeah. Cause that's what I was wondering. Is like, is it going to be a, just a regular Hirota book show or is it going to be a Kazuko Hirota book show? Just have to wait and see, I guess. Yeah. Um, don't expect it anytime soon, though, because it took it took what like eight months to get this one. Because yep. <laughs> like she won, Saki Kai won that battle royal like yeah last July, so it took a long time. Like w- when this show was coming up, I completely forgot that that's why it was happening. I just thought, oh, well, Saki Kai gets to book a show, cool, good, good for her. And it's like, oh yeah, wait, she won the right to do this actually. <laughs> but. But yeah, this is a really, really fun show. If you want to see like DDT's comedy in like a very, like um, Jamie was saying, a very quick and easy way to get through it, you know, not a long show at all. Um, this is a great one to pick up because it was a really, really funny show. Well, um, with, with that battle royal in the end, there was like a lot of stuff happening in the background as well. So while the action is, is going on in the ring, you just see like far off in the distance, Antonio Honda just sitting down with the fans, chatting with them. <laughs> uh, I think Sensio Takagi got chased out of the room by Aja Kong and Maki Ito was just walking left to right for no reason. I, I think she just got lost at one point. <laughs> so yeah, the, yeah, the main the bonus match might just be watching just to see wacky shit happening happening in the background. But yeah, I mean, I, at my panel, I'm thinking of airing like clips from two of those matches because one, I think it's a good recent introduction to DT comedy. I'm thinking maybe like the Aja Kong Battle Royal and the the champagne match. So, um, but yeah, I think this is really good stuff. I think you'll like it a lot if you're into DT's comedy. And if you're not, it's a good little primer on it. That's not that long. So um, any other final thoughts on this show? Well, if you enjoyed uh, this kind of show, DDT does a series of uh, summer shows called the beer garden week, which is a very similar concept where it's just a different wrestler gets the chance to book their own short event. And you, you you usually get a bunch of uh, wacky comedy matches and stuff outside the norm for DDT, but spoke on those shows. So they hard to get. take place around August, I think. As I found out, very difficult to get a ticket to. <laughs> oh, yeah, because the sending point is you come to the show and you get all the beer you can drink. Yeah, and it's like everybody there, you know... Well, they, they, you had to pay for the beer, actually, but it was, like, very, it was oh, very cheap. cheap. It was, yeah. yeah, it was very cheap. It was, like, I think, like, 200 yen or something. So, um, but yeah, it was very, it was a very fun time. I ended up getting, I didn't think I was going to get to go because, uh, you know, there was like no tickets available really. But then like the last second they released like some extra standing room and, uh, you know, Jojo actually came through, we talked about him before, came through and bought them for us. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cause like the, the other method obviously was like emailing, um, what's his name? Diego. And I try, I asked Diego, I asked for like the DNA one night, one day tournament, the DT beer garden show because it's the only be- the last night because it's the only one I was going to be there for, and judgment, and he was like, "Well, 
the good news is I got the other two, but the bad news is I couldn't reserve anything for the D- the last DDT Beer Garden show. I was like, oh, well, that's sad. But we ended up getting the tickets anyway, so there you go. Worked out in the end. Very, very highly recommend if you can get to it. It's a really, really fun time. Um, that ended up being the one with the, remember the ghost story match? Yeah, they do. Ghost story every year. <laughs> yeah. That's one so of the, the highlights. So the ghost story match was on that one, and um, you know, it was a really fun time. All right, so let's get into all these questions here, and then we can wrap things up. We did get four questions, so we'll start with um, Devin Corant on Twitter at lutanks underscore secret. Um, he says, "Where the fuck is EA?" <laughs> this is a question. Yeah, this is this is a difficult one because uh, what happened was in the in December he wrestled his last match for DDT. Now he's still part of the company, but he just completely vanished since then. What I figure has happened is he isn't getting what he wants. What that is, I don't know. Maybe it's like a main event push because he, over the last two years, he's been constantly pushed up to be the main eventer, but something always happens, like a, he loses to Hiroshima or Takashida gets ahead of him and gets a t- the title shot instead. So to make up for it, he's been trying to do the uh, excursions in America to try and get better. That hasn't seen any progress, and he's just completely vanished since then. The, the vanish happened back in January. So January, I didn't notice until like just just a few weeks ago, and that was because I thought he was doing another of his American excursions, and that hasn't happened this time. The interesting thing is, Akito wrote a blog pretty much saying Ilya has been acting irresponsible, and he always runs away from his problems, whether or not that's and that, like, and, and, and that was like right before the D, the Do League, right? It was, yes, and I'm just looking at this now. Akito wrote it on... Uh, actually, yeah, it was... Ilya wrote a blog on Christmas Day, pretty much saying, like, I'm sorry, this is my last update, I apologize for letting everyone down. And then a few days later, I think Akito wrote a response saying that he always runs away from his problems, this is not how you should be doing these things. Since then, I've heard very little about what's going on with Ilya, he does have a little bit of uh, presence on Twitter. That's only from him liking tweets. Other than that, he's been radio silent. Interesting. Well, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, now, and as far as I know, like he's still on the DDT merchandise and all the productions and the presentations. Like He's still a part of the company. He's just taken some form of leave of absence, and I don't know how long he's gone for. Uh, okay, so Steve Castaneda at stevecast93. For a noob like me that wants to get the ET, what would be the best recommendation match-wise, both comedy and serious matches? I mean, I think that show we just talked about was a great thing to start it's with a, for the comedy. Good for comedy. Uh, for straightforward matches, uh, anything from the Dio Grand Prix that took place in January. Um, if you're in a short rush, any show that's held in Kirk and Hall is always a good time to just jump in because many of the matches are just one-time stories built up for that show. It's usually usually the main event that gets pushed uh, long-term booking, but everything else is kind of set up for that show in that vacuum. Yeah, I mean, DT is not a hard promotion to jump into. You just kind of have to jump in and, you know, you'll figure things out. And, um, you know, they do have some long-term stuff and stuff that's callbacks that'll go over your head. But, like, you know... That's where dramatic DET comes in. You do a pretty you do a pretty great job explaining all that stuff when it happens, Jamie. So Thanks. it usually helps me a lot. Um all right, so Nata Sue at ZT Zoo 
Have you guys seen any of the DDG, DDG shows? If so, would you like to see DDG returning? Of course, he's talking about the dramatic Dreamgate, which was um, the Dragon Gate DDT crossover shows. Yes, I have seen them. No, I don't really care if they ever bring that back. It was, it was. I, fine. I saw them years ago. I don't remember much. Like the the Ibushi and BB Hulk matches. That are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh yes, yeah, so the Ibushi and BB Hulk matches that took place were good, but um, I was a little let down because I think the rematch that happened on the third show was after BB Hulk's heel turn for the first time. So he was wrestling a more heel style, and that wasn't what I wanted from him. Everything else, like yeah, they're fine shows. Um, I remember there was a comedy match on one of them between Gorgeous Matsuno and Stalker Ichikawa, which was really funny because it was the two worst wrestlers of all time fighting each other and like being shit, which is kind of good for a laugh. Anything else? Like uh, I don't know. I don't remember anything else from the other shows. I mean, they were they were just pretty far away. Um, you know, they were. I, I remember there was like a star, there was a long storyline with like Dino and Tozawa. Um, they had them yeah, it gets graphic. I don't. I didn't. It's not really. I. I don't really care. Is the answer. And part of that is also how apathetic I am on Dragon Gate in general right now. Um, maybe if I felt like Dragon Gate was more, was like a hotter company, I'd be more into it. But I just. I really feel like Dragon Gate spinning its wheels right now. So. Now, there's some comparisons you can make with the two rosters. Like uh, I can see Akito being like a DDT equivalent of Yamato. Um. Like Higuchi is kind of an equivalent to Shingo, like maybe not in quality, but just in like how they wrestle. And if you're looking like uh, style versus st- style matchups for a fantasy card between the two companies again, yeah, I mean you could put, I'm sure you could put together a pretty good card, but I just you, you the problem is you're not going to get a lot of singles matches because a lot of guys are, you're not going to want a lot of guys a job. So I remember, remember correctly, there weren't a lot of singles matches on, either, on any of these shows. So I don't know. I think it's. I think it'll be fine. I don't really care if they ever bring it back. Basically, how I feel. Yeah, no, I don't think the two companies are on good straights with each other anyway. Yeah, probably not. Um, then Monkey Buckles at Monkey underscore Buckles. What older acts slash wrestlers slash gimmicks would you suggest to newer fans? For serious wrestling, I'd suggest Mikami. Uh, he was their junior heavyweight standout for much of the late 90s and early 2000s. Allegedly, the creator of the six one nine move, uh, like Rey Mysterio, when he he originally did it as a taunt to fake dives, but uh, Mikami did a move called the Mickey Boomerang one eighty, which was essentially the six six one nine, but it ended in a drop kick rather than just a knee clash. And he was heavily influenced by uh, the Hardy Boys, so a lot of Swanton bombs and ladder spots. Um, he also did like the Cruiser Game shows, right? That was him. Yep, that was him as well. Uh, like a very important figure for like the first half of DDT's existence. For the more wacky stuff, uh, the one that comes to mind is Poison Sawada Julie. Yeah. So he, he was still, there. He, he still pops up for a, not a lot, but like a few times a year too. Oh yeah, but he, he's retired as a pro wrestler, and he yeah. was there attempt at a paranormal gimmick. Who's gone through many variations uh, throughout the years, and. A lot of weird stuff, a lot of the weirder stuff that DDT has done has been true where uh, his matches and storylines. He, t- he like could take control of people's bodies and stuff, right? That was his whole thing. Yeah, like his idea was uh, snake magic. So he'd uh, shake his hands like a rattle and uh, kind of possess people's hands and arms and make them shake in the air. 
So there you go. If you want to see some wacky yeah. stuff, and I mean, again, my... like, he was also like a big main event of for like the early years of the of the company as well. So th- those are maybe the two most important figures from DDT that are no longer wrestling with them. What about like Michael Nakazawa? Um, he is really good as a comedy figure. I always felt like he got over more outside of DDT. Like he would do shows in Chikara and Ring of Honor for Ibushi. And that's when he kind of got loads more attention. Mm. But he, he was he was always a good. Fo- Actually, I, I take that back because I've just remembered his match with Kenny Omega. They had a last man standing match for the KOD title. I forget what date it was, but uh, it was a completely violent match that you would never expect from a guy like Nakazawa. Yeah, I think. And I the thing is, that. like Kenny Omega, he thinks the absolute world of this guy. Like. Th- this was the guy who kind of took Kenny in and took care of him when he made it to Japan the first time around. Yeah. So yeah, it, uh, now that I think of it, like a very important figure behind the scenes for DDT match wise, not so much because part of his gimmick was being like the uh, comedy low quality wrestler. Yeah. But very charismatic. Sorry, very, a very charismatic guy anyway. And you'll be on judgment again. So teaming up with Chinsuke. So if ever want to check him, check his older stuff out. I mean, I think he very lewd. Like yeah. he, he strips down to his uh, G string and he covers himself in lotion and all that stuff. Last year he did. He was in a in a match at a, a Corican. Um, that was his only match. And then 2016 he did what? Basically, does what match a year now? Yeah. 20, 2016 he was in a match of Judgment. And yeah, because he's a full time trainer in uh, Singapore now. I think. Yeah. That's interesting. All right. So I suppose we can wrap it up here. Jamie, thank you for coming on and making your debut appearance. Oh, yeah, my pleasure. The, the amount of work we had to do to get the show running was something. So I'm glad I appreciate you putting that in and getting on the show. Um, I'm just happy you got along. Yep. And tell, tell everybody where they can find you. Uh, the website is dramaticddt.wordpress.com and the Twitter page is at dramaticddt. And I do everything I can to uh, explain what's going on in DDT and all of its sub-brands, which include Tokyo Joshi, which is women's wrestling, uh, Basara, which is a kind of hardcore promotion ran by Isami Kuraka, DNA, which is DDT's uh, development league, and uh, Ganbear Pro Wrestling, which is Ken Oka doing a weird FMW tribute of some sort. Yeah. It's Ken Oka, basically. It's Ganbar. Basically, you can stop right there. Um, but yeah, and then obviously there's also like other weird stuff like boys and um, I don't know what's the other one. There's another one. One other one. Thing. Oh, uh, yarrows. Yeah, the arrows. Thank you. So there's there's Which just is so very much... politically incorrect. So I'll put it that way. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is uh, this is a good time. I appreciate you coming on. Of course, you can always follow us at Russell Omakaze. Uh, not wrestling at Wrestle Omakaze. You can find us on iTunes. If you want to just subscribe to Wrestling Omakaze, you can subscribe to us there. Uh, if you want to give us a rating or review, that'd be really helpful. Um, but yeah, we're going to be back next week, folks. Um, it'll be an on the road edition of Wrestling Omakaze because I will be at the Strong Style Evolve show in Long Beach next Sunday. So I will be recording something right after the show. Don't know exactly who's going to be on there yet because I know a million people. We're going. I'm going to try to wrangle up whoever I can. I know for sure uh, my buddy Sean, who's been on the show before at the Dragon Suplex, 
Uh, he's been doing a lot of women's wrestling coverage for us. He's going with me, and he's staying with me in the hotel. So I know at least he's going to be on. But I've been trying to wrangle up some additional people too. I'll we'll, we'll see who we get on the on the podcast. But that'll, that'll be see, one last thing. If you see Kenny, tell him we miss him. I will definitely do that for you. <laughs> but yeah, so I'll, we'll see you for next week and uh, a live on the road episode from Long Beach, California. See you next time, folks. Here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.